With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another episode of Wim Radio. I'm your host for tonight, Peter. Joining me as almost always is JJ. So on a scale of worst night ever to best night ever, how is tonight? It is uh, best night ever. Woo! All right, there we go. Um, and joining us on Wim Radio as almost never is my for sure co-host Jay. What's going on, Jay? I'm I'm sorry that I have now pushed the the number of Jays on this podcast to an odd <laughs> number instead of an even <laughs> number. I'll, I'll work on finding a way to add some so we can get back to an even number. Yes, I will say that um, from time to time, my wife definitely does get confused with Jay and JJ. Um, it's like it's I like mean, we're uh, yeah. You she don't know who you're knows calling. who each of you are separately, but oh, that's well, that's good. Like, yeah, I would be. I'm trying to imagine from her perspective being like, is he just calling like Jay by like a pet name now, or is that actually just, <laughs> is that actually just JJ? <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, all right, so since the last time we recorded, Detroit is three, five, and two. Um, so not so good overall. Um, although in there, there's been some, uh, there, there's definitely been some good performances. Um, so since we have, since we have ten games since the last time we recorded, uh, rather than kind of do a, a, a play-by-play recap or a game-by-game recap, uh, we're gonna do we're gonna do something a little bit different. So we're just gonna talk about. Um, the season as a whole, and obviously we can we can focus on the on the the, the recent stretch, um, but we're going to take a look at the the biggest surprises for the Red or the Red Wings so far this season. Um, so let's see. So JJ, I'm going to go to you first. Um, I guess I guess we can each start with one and and see see where we go from there. All right, I'll uh, I'll start with the biggest positive surprise has been that uh, Dennis Chalowski has been. He made the team out of camp. He looked really good, and he's continued to look really good. Like I mean, the the last stretch, uh, he struggled a bit more, and he's uh, apparently lost a bit of ice time. I'm guessing it's because of the struggles. But uh, honestly, the kid has just fit right in, and it has. It, that's kind of like brought up another surprise in, in terms of. Like we spent the last couple of seasons really lamenting the concept of the veteran defenders, and then like we lose Mike Green and everything falls apart. So it's I, <laughs> I I'm, I'm sneaking a secondary surprise on there, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm really happy with uh, with the way Chalowski has has held himself up this season. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, you know just from reading comments on our site and people tweeting about the Red Wings, um, you know, th- that definitely does seem to be the biggest surprise. And, you know, fr- from uh, from time to time, we're not able to see the, uh, well, I guess it depends on where you live, but, you know, whenever we're playing like a national game and you're not hearing, you know, the normal Red Wings broadcast crew, uh, a lot of times the national 
team, uh, you know, the national broadcast teams are, are focusing on Chalowski, um, and you know, for good reason. Uh, so, Jay, what's uh, what's one one? Uh, I guess we'll stick with positive surprise for for now. So, what's one uh, or two? You, you can you can throw in a second one too. Um, oh, so, yeah, it's the season think, of giving still. That's so nice. Exactly. Well, I mean, there is there there are twelve days of Christmas. Yes, um, there are. You're very you're very true. Okay, yeah. so uh, positive surprise. Um, even though we are in the uh, midst of the uh, contractually obligated mid-December, early January injury to him, uh, James Aloysius Howard, I am really, really impressed with his play. Um, I historically, I've always really liked Jimmy Howard. It just, it, it just stinks that there's these like clockwork things that happen to him. It's always a tweak to the knee, something with his back that happens at a a crux moment of each season that he's played where it, where it, ju- it just like just this lead balloon that just drags everything down. But you, even though that's what we're, even though it's happened again, I will say leading up to it happening, it's, I think I forget who is, uh, I forget who tweeted, but I think Cousins retweeted somebody saying that if Howard's on a different team, we're, t- he's, we're talking about Vezina right now. And I kind of have to agree. I think he's played pretty darn well, given for just how, you know, not well, this team, this team is built. So, I mean, good for him. I, I'm, I'm excited to, I I just love, I love competent goalies. I think he's a very competent goalie. I would, I still think it's uh, a a pipe dream to, um, to, to, to see him uh, hoist Stanley with this team. But um, there, there is a part of me that would like to see him go elsewhere and play with the team that's, you know, stacked a little bit better and, and, and see what he can do. I think he was handed, you know, one, one or two years of when this team was really, really, you know, com- competitive and, and, and could actually make some noise. But, you know, since he's just kind of had to deal with what he's had. So I, I really like what Jimmy Howard has done so far. I would love to see him come back and, and continue to do that. And then, you know, Hey, if, if he's, if he stays great, if he's gone, I I I still cheer him on all the best. He is Jumbo Jimmy Jimmy Licious. <laughs> Even more Jays. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> I'm see I'm already trying to make up for it subconsciously. <laughs> um Yeah, so yeah, while you were talking I was trying to find oh, oh, that's what it was. I was I was looking at the wrong season. Um yeah, Jimmy Howard has played really well, and um, so for for goalies, obviously there there's it's you know in the stats community, it's 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 tough to tough to quantify success for goalies, and and it's it's certainly probably harder to to predict future success for goalies. Um, it seems like it's very very rare for a goalie to be in the you know the top echelon for more than one you know a couple seasons in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I mean, there's a couple couple stats that are that are definitely better than than, than others, and one of them is quality starts, which is um, uh, basically it starts. Uh, sorry, it, it's a start where their their save percentage is greater than their average save percentage for the year, or at least eighty eight point five percent on nights with twenty or fewer shots against. Right, because obviously you know fewer shots against, it's 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 harder to get a high save percentage if you let one in. Um, and so Jimmy Howard, out of twenty four games played, has seventeen quality starts, and he is fourth in the league behind Frederick Anderson, John Gibson, and Devin Dubnik, uh, and ahead of, ahead of Hendrik Lundqvist. 
Uh, so, you know, he's definitely played really good, really well to start the year. Um, and the other, the other one I always like to look at is goals saved above average. And right now he is seventh in the league um, behind some of those same, same goalies. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's definitely been, been at or near the top of the league in uh you know some really good goalie metrics for for a while this year um so yeah those are those are definitely some really good positive surprises i'm gonna go with one uh i'm gonna go with a player who's 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 tailed off a little bit recently um but i'm looking at the season as a whole and i am pleasantly surprised with andreas athanasiu this year um like i said he's definitely i think taken a little bit of a step back the last stretch of games um, but I, I, I do think that there's a, you know, a, a very likely chance that he, he's going to come back to, uh, you know, to where he was before. Um, but yeah, for, for a while he was playing really, really well. He was doing all the things that we had, we had wanted to see. Um, you know, he was still able to use his, his, uh, his speed to, um, you know, get past defenders and to create scoring chances. But in addition to that, he was doing kind of like what we saw the progression of Dylan Larkin um, where Larkin used to just kind of fly into the zone and, and kind of do the same thing. And so now you'd see Athens rather than just, okay, I'm going to take the puck and just go straight to the goal. Uh, you know, if he had that, then he would do it, which is, I mean, a very good play, but if, if he didn't see that opportunity, he would, he would pull up and look for the trailer and, you know, he made some really nice passes to set up some, some plays early on in the season. Uh, so like I said, I mean, in, in, in the month of December, he's only had uh, four points and those are all assists. Um, but, you know, goal scorers are streaky. And I, I think that we're going to see him, uh, you know, see him regain that form that he had earlier in the year. Uh, because I mean, the biggest thing is is that it seems like he definitely has this, this his work ethic going. Um, I know that was a big question in the past: is is, is he going to be able to kind of put it all together? And I think he definitely has shown us that he can do that this year. Um, all right, so those are some positive ones. Uh, so JJ, what's a what's a negative surprise for you this year? I, for me, this is like a harder one. Yeah, it kind of is. It's been a lot of a lot of like. Because the the stop up gets is in the word surprise. Like we knew that the Red Wings were going to struggle with consistency, and we like kind of expected you know Nick Cronwall to not be great, and and like expected a lot of a lot of bad things. So every time something bad happens, it's like ah, well that's not a surprise. Uh, I will go out on a limb and risk losing the um, the faith of of all of our listeners and say I am actually honestly surprised at how disappointing just an applicator has been for me this season. Um, I know like his, his contract has taken a lot of flack since he first signed it. And it was all like, ah, it's, I can't believe that. But my take on that contract was always like, I don't think he's going to live up to it for all seven years, but I think he's got a good few years of being able to, to pull that off. And he just has not, done enough of that like he's like he wears an a but he doesn't really do anything on the ice that shows that kind of leadership like he's been the same kind of a a drag on his, his offensive line and i can understand like the concept of a piano mover online with skill guys makes sense and maybe i'm just being too hard on him because you know he's been playing with larkin and nyquist a lot and larkin and nyquist are playing really well so it's kind of hard to say that that Justin Applicator is dragging them down, but it just seems like every time I notice him, 
it just pisses me off. Like, why is Anthony Manta taking fights that are like, that's your job? Um, you know, uh, you, I see him like taking swings at pucks that are above his head. Like I, Brendan Smith used to do that all the time. And that was like, honestly, the most hilarious thing about watching Brendan Smith. Um, <laughs> but I, every time I, I, I see Abdelkar, I, just, I, I can't help but get around the concept of how would Tyler Bertuzzi have done it differently than Justin Abdelkar just did. And I can't get around the concept of like, I just have to believe Tyler Bertuzzi would have done it better. So I don't know. Maybe I am just a dumb and naive for thinking that Abdelkader would have been better. Maybe I'm just biased against him unfairly right now, and he's doing better than I just think he is. But, yeah, he's he's my negative surprise. Yeah, I I, I, I got to go see the team play in, uh, in, in, in Nassau Coliseum two Saturdays ago, and Abdelkader was noticeably bad. Um Obviously, you know, when you're when you're watching a game live, it's a lot easier to, you know, to really focus on players. And, and and that was one of the you know, he's one of the players I wanted to focus on, you know, because we'd had these conversations like, is he really just that bad this year? And he yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I think I think the answer is yes. He was like I said, he was noticeably bad. Um, there were times where he should have been doing things and he wasn't and, and, and vice versa. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to agree with that one. Uh, Jay, what about you? What's your, uh, what's your negative surprise? Dan freaking Bilesma. Okay. <laughs> this guy's been completely invisible and, and, and I'm, he was my, I don't know if I talked with you. I don't know if we talked about this on for sure, but maybe we talked about it a little bit, but I thought he was going to be like this sneaky underrated money acquisition in the off season to have just some sort of noticeable impact on, on just, and, and maybe I've completely missed it because I've obviously worked for a company that covers the games all the time. And maybe I'm focusing more on the play of the team rather than maybe what the coaches are necessarily exactly in charge of, but I don't know. I just, I, I get, I just feel like that, there, I, I feel like there's, you know, for a guy who just completely stabbed every single Red Wings fan in the heart in 2009, you would have thought he'd be finding a way to just make up for that by now, I, either either tangibly or intangibly. And I just, I don't know, I, I just only one of the guys I think on the bench has hair. So the bald uh, compendium, the, the bald Illuminati is is squarely in place. But I don't, I, I don't know. I just, I, if I. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is wasn't he kind of power play oriented largely? Yeah, but I mean the the, the Red Wings yeah. power play is a lot better this year than it was last year. Well, yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, I, I I will say that it'd be nice to, you know, I don't know. I I guess I don't know. I maybe it's an irrational thing. You know, maybe maybe this is a Jay is disappointed because uh you know it's like futurama said when you do things right people won't be sure whether you've done anything at all so yes i will admit that the power play is better but maybe this is more of a a joke negative surprise because like i said he stabbed every one of us in the heart what what like what else can i expect from you here so i don't know my my joke other pick for for what bilesman was supposed to do was you know we're that nine game stretch at the beginning of the season uh, Blashill just is, you know, hey, what's the, how is that hot seat coming, buddy? And then he's gone. Bilesma takes the reins, and then all of a sudden, everything is bright and shiny. But obviously, that was a dumb thing to think. 
Um, uh, I, for as up and down the team has been, yes, I, I will admit that, you know, yeah, uh, most assuredly his power play tutelage has improved us, but, um, maybe I'm just being selfish and wanting more. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, obviously the only, uh, the only person he didn't stab, stab in the heart was John Bon Jovi because he was shot through the heart, but, um, okay. So negative. Jeez, you were waiting for me to, to just keep. Oh yeah. I've been waiting like two minutes, five minutes on basically a nothing, a nothing pick <laughs> now that I think about it. And you were just like sitting on that. So you're welcome. I, I just served you up for a Bon Jovi. Pick. You had, you had so it I to know it was coming out of New Jersey too. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so, so for me, negative, um, man, uh, like I, I have ideas. The only, the only thing that I'm just a little hesitant about is, is it's things that I've talked about, I think last episode, if, if not, uh, you know, maybe a little bit further in the past. Um, but for me, I mean, He's turned it around. Actually, it's it's kind of the, a mirror image of the the first one for me because Athanasiu started off really well and he's kind of tailed off. Um, you know, Franz Nielsen, I was just very surprised at how bad he played the beginning of the year. Uh, he's definitely he he's come come a long way and he's a, a, a lot closer to what we expected. Um, and then the other one that I've, I've talked about before again is, is Trevor Daly. Um, it's tough because I like him. Uh, you know, I mean, like, obviously we, we like most, of the, most, if not all the players in, in, in some way, but you know, he seems like a really, we like, we like our team. No, we yeah. Like you know team. what I mean? Like, like he seems like a really <laughs> likable guy. The other, the other night, um, I, th- I think Toronto did a really class act where uh, a really class move where um, he was playing in his uh, 1000th game and they did a, uh, uh, you know, during the first uh, commercial uh, TV timeout, they did a, uh, like a little tribute to him. And I thought that was really, really classy. And, um, you know, he seems like a really good guy. Um, and, you know, he's, he's played really well in the past. Uh, but, man, I mean, he just looks really bad this year. Like, <laughs> worse than last year. I mean, last year he didn't look great. And, you know, last year I was disappointed in how he played compared to what I was hoping for. And this year he just looks just worse. Uh, yeah, a lot um, of poking hope and clears to nowhere on out of him. Like the the Cronwell clear that cost the the Red Wings the lead against Toronto, well, it's been like Trevor Daly's entire season so far. I have to agree that that was that was one of those weird things where you see it happening and it's you're like oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I, I didn't I, I didn't want to rewind and live this again but here we are yeah I mean like it's, some of these plays it's almost like he's forgotten like where he's supposed to be. Um, you know, somebody like Cronwall, even though he's not nearly as mobile as he used to be, he still knows what to do and he knows where, you know, positioning and stuff like that. And obviously Trevor Daly knows positioning. I mean, I know he knows it, but you wouldn't know it by watching him sometimes. Like sometimes he just seems to be in a place where he shouldn't be or he's really slow to react to a play um, when you would assume that, OK, maybe he's lost a step, but not that much. You know, it shouldn't be that much. Um, like I said, the last stretch for the for Detroit has not been not been terribly good, although there have been some some bright spots. Um, so as the uh, you know, as December finishes up, and we go into January. It'll be interesting to see uh, out of our, I guess, seven, seven surprises so far, if any of them uh, turn around in the next little while. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about a rumor. So this is always this is always fun because we don't know. Um, 
you know, we're, we're speculating on something that is it's itself kind of a speculation. Um, so there are rumors of a uh, a third jersey for Detroit next year. Um, this is coming from this is coming from the uh, Jersey Watch. What is it? Jersey Watch 2019 um, from Aesthetics. And uh, apparently they have a list of, of teams that are going to have third jerseys next year. And Detroit is on it. Um, so this is going to be this is going to be interesting. Number one, obviously, if it happens, but if it does, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting because unlike some of these other teams, there's so much history in this, you know, in, in the in the, the the jersey design that a misstep here is going to be probably multiplied, uh, you know, far more than if it was another team. Um, so, Jay, I'm gonna. As, as our resident Jersey aficionado, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to throw it to you first and then uh, JJ and I can come in and, uh, you know, clean up if the, if there's anything we think you missed, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you're probably going to probably going to have a comprehensive look at this. <laughs> well, I, I apologize in advance if anybody heard me drooling, cause I was, I was really excited that we get to talk about this and, you know, Pete and I are on our, like we just recorded a podcast and we didn't really talk about this. And then this happens. It's like, Oh, that, I don't really want to wait two weeks to talk about this. So first of all, thank you for allowing me to grace the other lovely program here at the Winged Motown Radio Network. Um, so uh, hearing about this rumor, I was uh, I'm I'm perplexed because uh, you'd think that even after all this time and 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 how long they've stayed pretty much center with what their look is. It's been obviously those very special occasions of outdoor games where the wings have worn something that is not historically or, or or just like kind of an offshoot of what they've already done. So the idea of a third jersey for the Red Wings has always been fascinating to me because I always I, I personally and again, this is just me. I, I know there could be a lot of very, very, very pure the wing wheel and that's it. But for me. I always felt that there was there was a good third jersey for the wings out there. I was thinking mostly just because of the law of averages. Like at some point, one really really good third jersey could exist, and 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 there could be some fun made out of it and actually have it welcomed. So, you know, the rumor that that this came out there, I'm I'm just beyond intrigued. I don't know which direction they would go. I mean. If there was one suggestion that I really want our third jersey to be, um, it would just be a variation on on the home whites, which is what I keep hoping for any any freaking time because I thought the centennial jerseys were pretty cool for the centennial game against Toronto. Um, you know, I, I feel like the the thin stripe instead of the the thick stripes is kind of you know it's not really something the wings have ever worn, but it was neat because they put the years that they won the cup on there. So, all right, that's cool. And then and then the wing wheel was actually like kind of used, they used silver uh, thread to emboss the logo, which which looked pretty stupid cool too. So like it's it's not it's not bad. It's just I'm if we're just talking about a straight third jersey, there's a picture out there. So for Pete and JJ, uh, you guys can look for it. And then everybody listening, you guys can look for it. There's an old picture of Gordie Howe. And it's one of those, uh, like he's skating at the camera and they give, make you do like, the, you're going to put snow on the goalie type uh, T-stop skate thing. And the and it's an old Red Wing sweater where, so just take the home 
uh, just take the away white jerseys for the wings right now, but just invert the colors on the sleeve. So instead of it being a red sleeve with a white stripe, it's a white sleeve with a red stripe. And then just the, everything else is just a really simple, smaller, you know, not as intricate winged wheel on it. And I think that could be, I think that could be cool. I, I'm scared. It's just going <laughs> to, they're just going to be like, Hey, you know, that digital six for NHL 19. That's uh that's what we're going with. So, so congratulations. And then, and then I jump off of a cliff. So hope, hopefully that's not what happens, but that's, as we said, since it's a rumor, there's not really more that I can say about it. There's only what I wish it could be. And, um, you know, if they do it, I mean, that's obviously going to be a huge break from tradition. Cause I mean, since it just took over and really since Norris took over as well, there's, you know, I think the only thing that's changed is just the just the physical orientation of of the wheel, because there are some where like the wing is like kind of like the basically the logo is kind of rotated. So like the wing is kind of pointing down instead of just straight across. And, you know, that's kind of the way it was on the outside of the old Olympia. So other than that, they just played straight Johnny for 50, 60 years now. So, you know, if it's actually something that looks cool, I'm all for it. But you're right, Pete, you already said it. To screw it up would be just like this thing is, nope, we're never doing this. We're never doing this again. You don't mess with perfection unless you're the Blackhawks because you're finally granted that one outdoor game you've really been hoping for, and yeah. then you get finally another another outdoor jersey. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the Blackhawks to just one time. It's I, I'm just envisioning it's all the like they'll have every iteration of a jersey ever. Like the one one year they'll go out wearing Chicago Bulls themed. Blackhawks jerseys like say, hey we're just honoring our heritage right everything the Blackhawks have ever done so yeah so that's so that's my take <laughs> yeah so uh so so JJ what are, your, what are your thoughts about this this jersey idea the the third jersey potential oh conceptually like I've always been because design wise I don't really have a like a preference of what I think it should be like I I'll know whether I love it or I hate it when I see it um I can't tell you anything other than like, I love their current jerseys so much that like, okay, let's just do that. I'm, I'm totally cool doing that. And the last few years I've become, I've definitely grown out of the, like, cause I was the curmudgeonly don't mess with perfection. Uh, third jerseys are, are just a stupid cash grab. And, you know, nowadays I don't really mind the organization wanting to do that. Um, because as long as there's people willing to buy it and that want to do that and get excited about it, it just feels like that curmudgeonly side of me is just like, uh, you know, shitting on things that other people love just because I don't love them. Mm. Like I, I haven't disliked any of the alternate jerseys they've worn in the past. Like I, I don't necessarily want to like add to my collection of, of jerseys just because it's a, it's an alternate design, but that is something that people get geeked about. So uh, cool. Um, I'm going to make fun of whatever comes out just because that's just how I process everything. Um, (laughs) But you know, go, go wild with it. Like, I don't know, like in the add literal wings to the Jersey. Let's let's do that. Um, <laughs> somebody, wait, you mean like 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 a black swan? Yeah, like somebody out there is going <laughs> to love it and going to buy it. And I am more likely to buy the more outrageous, like the stuff that that's going to get talked about forever, like those the blues ones that had the trumpets all over them. 
Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh just the yeah. The more awful and, and garish it is, the more I'm going to embrace it. Uh, because that's, that's where we are in, in the end of 2018. And that's how I foresee all of 2019 going anyway. Just let me embrace <laughs> the awful garish stuff. Um, let's, let's get nuts. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, I mean, I, that's a Michael Heaton shout out right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think actually, I, I was just thinking as you were talking, out of the five Red Wings jerseys I own, I think two of them are, are alternate designs. Um, I have the, I think it's a 2013 one, the, uh, the like the red one, like the more old school one, um, and then I have the the white one with the um, kind of like the, the 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 stylized D on it. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, as, as Jay and I talk <laughs> very, very often, that um, compared to him, I, I don't care nearly as much about um, uniforms. Other than just, I'll be like, yeah, I like that, or no, nah, not really. But um, I mean, f- for me, like, I just, I just really hope it's not like a black jersey, um, just because I, I and, and granted, you never know. Like, they, they might be able to do that and make it cool. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of over the black Jersey, uh, just, just as a whole, like league wide, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I just, I'll wait until I see it, you know, first of all, obviously I'll wait until I see if it's going to happen, but second of all, I'm going to wait until I see that it is happening and, and what it is. And then I'll go from there. Uh, I know that's not, you know, in, in the in in our, our current world of hot takery, that's that's not a good. Uh, <laughs> it's not, what, not really. Why, good. why are you showing restraint? I know who the heck shows restraint. It's not, not really Do you good. You even radio. know how to take, bro. <laughs> but um, all right. So uh, sticking with the Red Wings, um, there are uh, there are four prospects uh, playing at the World Junior Tournament. Uh, it started today as we're recording this. If you're listening to it when it first comes out, uh, the, we're talking about last night's games. And uh, make sure to, uh, to to watch tonight as you're listening to it because uh, there's there's more games um, there's more games tonight. Uh, so all four of the Red Wings prospects that are in the tournament were in action tonight. Um, we got to see Philip Zadina play for the Czechs. Um, and I, I got to watch, I didn't get to see all of that game, but I got to see a lot of it. And Zadina was very noticeable. He was, um, probably for me, from what I was able to see, he was probably second only to Nakash, uh, from Carolina at, um, just kind of being a, a positive presence out on the ice. Um, early on in the game, the two of them played together and then they got split up as the game went on and they put them back together later. Um, so the checks went on to win in overtime, uh, Zadina, I know he didn't score any goals. I'm trying, I don't think he had, he had any points, but he did have some really good plays. Uh, he had a couple, couple shots where it it seemed like it was going to, going to be a goal, um, but it didn't go in. Um, and then also in, um, actually three of them were playing in one game. So. Uh, for Canada, uh, Joe Valeno is playing left wing instead of his normal center. Um, but at the same time, when you see that that roster, it's it's understandable why why he's at least starting out there. Um, Jared McIsaac was listed as the seventh defenseman today, but he ended up uh, he ended up playing. Um, there was a scary moment for Red Wings fans as he took a slap shot in the leg, uh, and it, it looked pretty bad, but he was able to come back after going to the dressing room for a few minutes. Um, and actually the, uh, the slap shot was from the other Red Wings prospect, uh, Setkoff. 
who is a, a defenseman for Denmark. And uh, like I was telling JJ before we started recording, he is a he is a mountain of a man. Uh, I had forgotten about him with all the uh, you know the the hype about Valeno and Berggren and uh, etc. I had for, obviously Zadina. I had forgotten forgotten about Setkoff and. I think if I heard him right, they said he was like six, seven. And it's weird because he's, he's both enormous and he also looks like he's 12. So <laughs> it was kind of a weird combination. It was almost like in, uh, in the water boy where, uh, he visualizes, uh, Henry Winkler's head as a baby or no, no, it was the other, it was the other coach, yeah. right? The other coach is a baby. Yeah. Oh, Henry Winkler. Vis- yeah. Okay. I got it backwards. Henry Winkler envisions the other coach as a baby. And it kind of reminded me of that. Um, so I, I guess, first of all, like, like, were either you able to watch any of it? Um, we'll start there. And then if not, we can go somewhere else. I saw some, uh, some good reaction on, on the Twitters <laughs> as I was at, uh, at this uh, hour, uh, I was uh, working at a uh, National Basketball Association event. Uh, downtown. <laughs> um, but from what I saw it, uh, you're, you're right, Pete. Um, Zadina was very much in the conversation with literally anything that was happening for the check. So um, that's, that's really good to see. Um, I, I would, these, this is the time of year where I'm, I'm really frustrated with cutting the, the, the cord on, on cable. I'm sure if, if, and when I have time, I can find some sort of legal stream, <laughs> Uh, somewhere to uh, to actually partake because I really I don't know for all the time that people talk about how like oh they love college football or they or, they, or college basketball I feel like this is the closest thing that hockey has to to that type of feeling but it, it just it feels always so short I always find myself stupid busy around this time of year and I'm only able to really pay attention you know towards the metal round and stuff so and not necessarily that that's a bad thing, but, you know, especially with this, like you said, with four of our guys in the pipeline, you know, I'm, I would love to see what, uh, the, it, this is probably more of a chance for me to see more of Valeno because I've heard a ton about how well he's doing. It's absurd <laughs> that all of the things that Valeno is doing. And, and I'm actually thinking that's probably works out better for Zadina because now everyone could probably just shift the conversation to how well Valeno is doing. And then Zadina can be like, Ah yes, no one sees me. I will do the things now. I will do the the many things for which they earned me that that pick by the wings. So, um, yeah, so, so, yeah, yeah. So we, we, I I just love World Juniors hockey. It's it's yeah. Amazing. So you're saying he's going to fill the nest with goals? Hopefully, yeah, 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 yeah. See, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't want to say it. I wanted you guys to fill it out for me. I laid it on pretty thick there. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. So, so JJ, uh, what about you? Uh, first of all, were you able to see any? And and, and you know, even if not, like you know, what, what are your thoughts going into this tournament? Yeah, sadly, I was not able to watch any of today's action, and I'd, I'd actually planned on it. Like I've, I've, but yeah, it's this time of year. Just everything got got so busy. We ended up uh, spending uh, time with the family, went out to the movies and, and dinner, and, and kind of missed everything. Like I feel like because I was going to go into it with the, the fervor of a, a Canadian watching the World Juniors and taking oh it like oh so seriously. <laughs> um, but then, like, I kind of realized that, you know, McIsaac was the seventh D-man and Leno was stuck on the fourth line. And I had honestly forgotten entirely about Multisetkov. Um, I was excited about uh, Zadina, but I also knew that essentially what I was going to be able to watch was going to be, like, super Canadian favor heavy anyway. So um, instead, I've, I've kind of become 
instead of the Canadian watching with the fervor of the world juniors being on more like an American during Olympic basketball where I'm, I'm tracking it. Like I'm paying attention to what's going on, but yeah, kind of wake me when the medal round happens. Hmm. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I'll probably try to try to end up watching a little bit tomorrow with, although with, with the Red Wings playing, um, I'm not likely to be able yeah. to catch any of that anyway, but I will, I am definitely, <laughs> My my ears are more perked than they had been in previous years because there are more Red Wings in more important role, more Red Wings prospects in in more important roles. I'm really looking forward to seeing, like especially with Valeno, because I I think that he almost kind of reminds me of like Dylan Larkin at the same age, where like why isn't he getting a bigger opportunity by his coach? And then you see the you see the rest of the, the roster. It's kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, I get that, but still, give him a better opportunity because I don't, <laughs> I don't care. Just show me my guy. Yeah, yeah. Was, like I said, it's like we were talking about before. It was uh, seven nothing Canada. They go on a power play, and it's like still their first power play unit. Um, you know, I was hoping <laughs> hoping to see Valeno on the power play at that point, but. Um, like you know, he definitely got out there. Um, just because you know, it's obviously not exactly the same as the NHL. So, uh, I was hunting around while we were recording, looking for some stats. Uh, but you know, the game ended shortly before we started recording, so I, I haven't been able to find any any like time on ice stats yet. Um, but yeah, so the uh, I, I forgot to say that the uh, the Canada Denmark uh, game finished uh, fourteen to zero. Um, and and and. <laughs> That's a two touchdown. That's a two score game in my exactly. <laughs> yeah, and um, I, I I will say my 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 favorite part was uh, watching people debate uh, the merits of Pitbull on uh, Twitter because that it's the Canada the Canada goal song is "Don't Stop the Party" by Pitbull. And um, as as Chris Peters wrote on Twitter, I have heard "Don't Stop the Party" fourteen times tonight. I guess we're not adhering to the Geneva Convention here in Vancouver. So. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. And, and, and to be fair, any song 14 times is going to be pretty terrible. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, like I said, if you're if you're uh, listening to this, um, you know, tomorrow as we record, then uh, there's some there's some hockey on on uh, tonight. Uh, but, you know, like JJ said, you're probably going to be watching the Penguins Red Wings game uh, at seven o'clock. But I think there's I think there's a game that starts at four. Uh, so you can probably still get to see a little bit of it. Um all right, so before we get to the around the league uh, kind of storyline questions, uh, Jay, you had you had an idea for tonight, so uh, why don't you tell us about that? Thank, thank you, Peter. Um, as we uh, close out this uh, uh, wonderful uh, calendar year, um, we are obviously close to the halfway point, but uh, of this wing season, so it's important to um, obviously assign value in some form in some fashion. So uh, I, I, during our uh, prep for this uh, wonderful uh, episode, I had this thought it'd be kind of neat to kind of, you know, team, uh, fans like to summarize their team season so far with either a limerick or a song uh, or, or heck, heck even a, even an excerpt from their favorite Neil Gaiman novel novel. There's, there's many things that fans like to do to sate their desire on how to put things in perspective. So given it's, you know, a couple of days after Christmas now, uh, we wanted to, uh, I figured it'd be fun to try and 
uh, summarize the Red Wing season so far if it were the plot for a uh, favorite, underrated, or a classic uh, Christmas film. So um, I uh, I was very excited to pitch this, and uh, by the grace and love of Peter and JJ, uh, they they've agreed to to go <laughs> to go forward with it. So, um, is, is it all right? Is it all right if yeah, I go first? Do, yeah. do you guys want to? Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, uh, my I feel like I went maybe a little too deep on my pick for for this thing because there's a couple of different layers to it, like an onion. Shrek fans out there, I see you. Um, the Nightmare Before Christmas is my pick to. Uh, uh, summarize this uh, Red Wing season, but what's weird is it's not just about the season. Maybe it's summarizing this current era of Red Wings, as in we are in the nightmare before Christmas, and you know Christmas is the time of gifts and fun and laughter and love. But right now we kind of have to live through some of the worst things we ever uh, thought could be imagining and, and happening. Uh, but secondly, I also uh, liked it because uh, when I immediately thought of it, I uh, was able to come up with a couple of song lyrics. So. Uh, to the to all those out there who are uh, just really itching for to, to hear me sing poorly, um, so I was thinking, uh, uh, "What's this? What's this? This power play is trash. What's this? What's this? Our defense looks like ass. What's this? What's this? Our forwards cannot score. What is this?" <laughs> so, so that was that was the driving force behind that one. So, so the again, it's it's kind of a two sided story. So, um, you know, it's 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 symbolic to what we're dealing with right now, but then also um, all of the, the weirdness that this season has brought us. And I'd like to think that also there's an, another layer to it because, you know, in the movie Jack Skellington was, you know, kind of dull with how things have been going on. I mean, Halloween world is every day, right? But then you see something new, you see something, you want to try something new. So maybe the Red Wings have just been stuck in, in, in the success mode that they needed a breath of fresh air of something, anything different than what they've been doing to put things into perspective and then ultimately move on to, to better things. So, so that's my Christmas wow. pick. Um, I'm, I don't know if you guys came up with songs on your own, but I will be really sad if you didn't. Well, prepare to be really sad. Um, <laughs> I knew it. Because uh, I have, I have chosen the, the Christmas classic uh, home alone. Okay. And okay, good. So, so here's what I got now. Now it kind of falls apart a little bit, which is not surprising when you're trying to, you know, fit an entire season storyline with with a pre-existing movie. But so, so here's here's what I got. So in the beginning, the older people, in this case, our defensemen, uh, <laughs> were unable to protect the younger people, leading to Shulak, Kronik, Hicketts, and Chalowski collectively playing the part of Kevin McAllister. Um, now. So, so take that part and forget most of what I just said, because for the rest of it, we're just going to focus on Dennis Shalovsky as Kevin. We're going to forget about the other ones. Um, <laughs> but then it turns out that even though he's young, he is more than capable at preventing the attacks on his home. And when the older people come home, they find that Kevin has proven himself independent. And to be honest, I kind of forget the end of the movie. So I don't know if that really lines up, but just go with it. Um <laughs> As as someone who watched it as recently as last night, you're you pretty much nailed it. So yeah, so there you go. Because I mean, I just remember that 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 they do it again. I think twice, right? There's three of them. Uh, it's, I think there's uh, there's five. There are what? Uh, yeah, they they made the first two and then they spun off. It's, oh uh, God! Today, today I learned. Okay. Yep. I, All right. 
I'm, I'm sad to be the the bearer of bad news. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's not good. All right, JJ, what, what do you? I'm disappointed. I'm so sorry. I, I could not come up with with song a song parody, but that was uh, that was really good, Jay. I want to just pause to to give you credit, especially that our defense looks like ass part. Was thank, thank, thank. Spot on yeah. and well delivered too. <laughs> Um, I wanted to go with, like, I don't know, like, I feel we are at the point in the Die Hard is Christmas movie thing where that's becoming the, um, is a hot dog a a sandwich debate, and everybody's kind of getting tired of talking about it, um, so I'm, I was going to pass on that, um, then I I really wanted to use Gremlins, because Gremlins is a great Christmas Ooh. movie. It's a horror movie. And also, like the Red Wings, it's something that not as many people are watching anymore. Um, <laughs> but really, for this season, and I have to shout out to, to my sister Anne from Kansas on this. Um, it's got to be It's a Wonderful Life with uh, Henrik Zetterberg playing George Bailey. Ooh. Because that, like, it... It hurts, but it's so <laughs> accurate. And uh, Dylan Larkin is obviously Clarence because he's an angel. <laughs> so that's, oh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, no, that's as, as deep as I feel we need to go and as deep as I really want to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to go to go deeper would be to, yeah. uh, to tempt uh, the, yeah. the darker things among us. So. <laughs> Um, all right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think those are three, uh, three, three, obviously three good movies and then three, uh, you know, good approximations of the Red Wing season so far. Uh, so before we get to the positivity corner, um, we're going to do a little bit of, uh, storylines outside of Detroit. Um, all right. So, so I, uh, Jay, you started off last time. So, so JJ, what, what, uh, what storylines are you interested in? right now outside of the rest. I wanted to, to bring up uh, something you guys were talking about on the, the last episode of For Sure, which was gritty. And it really <laughs> got me thinking, like, it, it, because I had to scrub my brain from the concept of gritty being a, a mammalian live birth that Caitlin Dividock brought up, uh, which still uh, disturbs <laughs> and haunts me. But it goes... It goes along with the the concept of like I want to just embrace the grotesque and and horrifyingness, and that's like really what the positivity of, of gritty was. And it got me thinking that what gritty really is is he's is the Chitari John Scott, um, and it's the the weirdest thing I could I could think of, but the. It, but bear with me for a, I mean, I, I swear I actually have a point here. The John Scott story was amazing and, and natural. And it was amazing because there was like an earnestness to it. Like it was like a, a good guy who is really a monster, um, but, but means well. But with the Chitauri, and I'll, I'll take it. To the Avengers movie, you know, the Chitauri attacked New York, caused billions of dollars in damage, and the entire time, 
that they are blowing up cars and tearing down buildings and, and terrorizing citizens inside of banks, you never see a single person die. But when the Avengers fight back, the Chitauri get slaughtered en masse. And that's totally okay <laughs> because they're not real people. <laughs> They look like people. They're humanoid. But you can kill as many of those as you need to, uh, and you don't have to worry about an R rating. Uh, you don't have to worry about there being a backstory. You don't have to worry about, oh, that Chitauri chariot driver guy had a family. Nobody gives a shit about that lizard-faced idiot. <laughs> That's gritty. In John Scott, because John Scott, as a person, has troublesome baggage that we had to worry about in the entire John Scott to the all-star game story was the, yeah, he's a nice guy and he's, he's this earnest guy and he's, he's really likable, but also there was the time he chased down Phil Kessel just to be a jerk. And like, he has been like part of goon and <laughs> continues to be part of goon culture um, that, that we've got this problem with. So gritty allows us to have that, like, that big lovable monster without the, like the actual real baggage. And I think that's the, the secret to, to Gritty's success. Um, and I, I'm really uh, enjoying that this year. Yeah. I mean, obviously um, having Caitlin on where we talked about, uh, you know, the, I, I won't repeat it, but the, uh, the detail that still haunts you to this day Um you know, several days later, um, <laughs> I, I thought like the thing that stuck with me was she pointed out just how good of a skater Gritty is. Um, That's true. Which too, is, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, it, it can't be easy to skate in that giant suit. Um, and, you know, Gritty, like, I don't know. I, I'm still not tired. May, maybe in a couple months you can ask me again. I am still not tired of watching gritty chase people down and attack them. Like it just, cause like you said, it's kind of like, you know, he's not going to really hurt them. It's just a show, but it's just like in the beginning, I think the thing that bothered me the most was the eyes. I thought that that was the weirdest part. And I think as it's gone on, whoever came up with that idea is I, I, I want to tip my hat to them because now that's kind of the thing that makes me love gritty. Um, th like the expressions that those eyes make when he's doing these crazy things, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and, and I think like, I, I honestly do think if you change the eyes, I'm not saying it still wouldn't be interesting, but I do think it would lose at least a little bit of the, uh, you know, the, the fun. Um, so I'm, I'm going to jump in and do a, do a, a storyline I'm interested in. Um, and it's hard for me as a Red Wings fan to, to point this out, but I kind of feel like I have to is I don't know if Tampa Bay is going to lose again. I mean, <laughs> obviously, you know, they've, they've been, this is a problem. No, I mean, like, like they've been, they've been, you know, right at the top of the standings for a couple of years in a row now, but I, I you know, I, I, I kind of hadn't really thought about them too much. And I just took a look a little while ago when I, I saw somebody tweeting about this and you know, right now they, you know, Tor Toronto's obviously playing really well and Tampa Bay's six points up on them, but their goal differential is plus 48. I mean, that's just, that's astonishing. Um, you know, Toronto scores a ton of goals and they are, you know, they're 11 goals behind them in, in goal differential. Um, I mean, like they're, they're number one. It's not close. I mean, them and Toronto are the only ones 
I'm looking real quick. They're the only ones I think that are over 28. Um, and they have 48, you know? So, I mean, those two teams are just blowing out teams um, on a regular basis. Um, and obviously we, as Red Wings fans have unfortunately seen Toronto's firepower up close uh, recently, but yeah, I mean, I just, again, it, it's hard as a Red Wings fan because I don't want them to win. <laughs> you know, I don't want them to be that good. But at the same time, as as you know, somebody who tries to be at least an objective observer, sometime, you know, you you do have to sit back and just say, "Wow, that's that's pretty impressive." Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if they can keep up their their current pace um, and just how many points in the standings they can earn. Uh, Jay, what 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 are you interested in tonight uh, around the league? Um, well, I'm, I guess. It's not just about tonight. I guess the one thing that's always on on my mind, just as my head hits the pillow, is what what is going to be like. What will be the legacy of uh, of of Connor McDavid in in in, in Edmonton? Um, I. I I know it's I know it's a very vague and really non kind of specific storyline because yes, the man is very good. <laughs> he is very good at the game of hockey. But what's weird is for 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 him to be in a a market that is just perpetually still trying to recapture what they so gloriously screwed up. And and I may I don't really put this on it's obviously not really on the fans at all with, with Edmonton. It was really just the you know, I gosh, I the success of Gretzky that just warped Pocklington and everybody around in that place. It's like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just really curious. Like what were they seeing? What were they thinking? So, so all the Gretzky stuff happens and now like you're, you get all those number one picks and now you've got, you know, your fide number one, you know, McJesus, all the other nicknames and stuff. But I'm constantly flabbergasted at McDavid's, um, place in, in, in this league, because it's, I don't know, like, are, are we, are we looking at more of an impact and more of a discussion of him being, you know, far more of a legendary player? Were he in a different market? I mean, like, what does McDavid look like at Nashville? What does McDavid look like in New Jersey? What does McDavid look like in San Jose? Like, it's so bizarre how him being in Edmonton kind of neutralizes his place in the league, <laughs> you know, like he's very good, but he's in a place that is just so very confusing right now. <laughs> like every, everything about that team drives me insane, but you just look at McDavid and like, Oh, well, McDavid's just supposed to make everything better, but they just continue to do everything <laughs> odd, not wrong, not good, <laughs> odd. <laughs> so I, I think he's always just something that's in the, in the back of my head. Um, but if there's a more pressing thing, just name the Seattle team already. Come, like, come on, guys. <laughs> the, the the domain names are registered. There's a ballpark that everybody's working with. I'm sick and tired of scrolling through the NHL Reddit and seeing everybody's really funny takes on on what the NHL should be, uh, what the name should be. Um, I think my favorite uh, joke submission is the. <laughs> says leaked leaked name and logo for the new Seattle team and it's called the Rain City Bitch Pigeons. <laughs> oh, and it, and what's weird is it's not just one thing. It's been submitted multiple times in and it's on the front page of, of the NHL subreddit. But oh my God, like the Rain City Bitch Pigeons. I didn't 
I didn't know I needed to hear those collections of words in that succession <laughs> to know that it's like, okay, so now, now everything's, everything's fair game. That hey, Jay, I'm going to need you to do me a favor because you do it very <laughs> yeah. well. Uh, can you set up a pregame intro uh, of the Detroit Red Wings versus the Rain <laughs> yeah. City Bitch Pigeons as Doc Emmerich for me, please? As Doc Emmerich. <laughs> okay. I knew, I knew right. so as, I'm, as I'm thinking about this, okay. So is, is it a, is it a home game in in Seattle or is it a, is it a home game in in Detroit? It's got uh, to be in Seattle, right? Yes, Detroit's yeah. very first visit yeah. to Seattle. Detroit's very first. <laughs> okay, okay. So the Red Wings making their their first visit uh, to. Uh, to where to, to to Rain City? It's not Seattle anymore. It's just Rain City. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's he's it's so they they the the, the music comes up. It's like dun 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 dun, and it's obviously going to start with a scenic of the Space Needle because they're going to be playing in Key Arena. So it's like, <laughs> an original six foe heads northwest where it rains. What 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 comes with rain? Bitching. So. You can imagine how much fun it'll be to face the bitch pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> or and then, but the, Pete, you always gave me you gave me the best thing where it's rain. Birds can't fly in the rain, so they bitch. Bitch pigeons <laughs> next. <laughs> it's like over. It's almost overthinking it too much, but like uh, the, the the bitch pigeons are yeah. trying to make their place here in the league, and and the Red Wings are looking to. Uh, show them what the what what it's like to be in in uh, an everyday uh, successor in, in 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 this league, Edzo, <laughs> or no? Then you got to throw it be like, Doc, I got to tell you, <laughs> the bitch pigeons are on a roll lately. Rain City can't stop. <laughs> oh man, I, I can I can come up with something. All right, yeah, I, that, I went on the be... spot. I feel bad. <laughs> I don't think I did. I don't think I did a good enough job. Maybe by the end of the yeah. episode, we'll come up. We'll come up with a better. A, st- a brand new franchise, a statuesque franchise. You know what the pigeons do to statues. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like he, he, like, like Doc always does that. Like, like it'll be like a, like a staccato. It's like this, this, this. Pitch pigeons, you know? wing, one in the same, so we, we, but never yeah. ahead. Now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pigeons fly so do wings how do they clash next oh, yeah. yeah there you go yeah it'll probably be something like that yeah there you go um right. oh, so um how much, how much laughter editing you're gonna have to do but i apologize in advance <laughs> oh it's okay I'll, I'll leave a lot in i um as soon as you got started i muted my mic because i knew it was gonna happen so uh all right, so um, yeah, so so we we only have one one more short segment before our reader question. So um, before I throw it to JJ for that, we have our positivity corner. So I'm going to take this one uh, first, and I am going to say that I am very positive and excited and happy about a a podcast that came out today um, last week. Uh, our actually our last uh, for sure guest, Caitlin Dividock. Uh, and I were the the first uh, guests on C. Morley's for, uh, new podcast called Backseat Bench Brawl. 
and uh, Caitlin is a Penguins fan, and I am a Red Wings fan, and we got to talk about the Penguins uh, Detroit rivalry, uh, mostly obviously with the 2008 uh, 2009 Stanley Cup Finals, uh, the back to back ones, and. Um, that was a lot of fun. It was it was really nice because Caitlin's a very knowledgeable person. She's also a very nice person. And it was really nice to talk to somebody like that where we could, you know, talk about things from different perspectives, but have it be like a mutually respectful thing and and, you know, still have it be fun. Um, so I, I think that was a, it was a lot of fun to do. It came out today. Um, I think if you if you just search for backseat bench brawl i know i use like a like a an app called downcast and i found it right away so you should be able to find that um and so yeah it was it was a lot of fun and i think it it turned out really well so i'm really excited for people to hear that um jay what what is your positivity corner uh well my first question is what is the positivity corner i i I, I, first of all in the in the rundown it said it's more like a room now so what's what's (laughs) What's our format here? So is this just positive anything? I mean, what I, I, I'm. I, well, it used to be that we got to the point on on Wim Radio where, uh, yeah, the Red Wings were so awful that we would spend the first like hour of every episode just griping and grousing and complaining. So we set aside Positivity Corner to make sure that we were spending at least a little time every episode uh, not driving our listeners to to drink. So. <laughs> Okay, right. So, so does it is it is it does it have to be wings related, or is it just any any great thing that to to talk about? This, is, I, I feel so unprepared. I should have asked this before we hit record. anything. Just, yeah. Oh, wow. Remind us that life is Remind beautiful. Remind us that life is beautiful. Okay. Well, um, I I okay. I will I will say this. So, as the person on this current episode, um, who has had the most opportunities to listen to them um i'm i will make this positivity corner about um the noise level at the new arena is getting so much more fun and engaging and um it's it's i i i'm i think one of the uh, i think the wings are home next for new year's eve is that uh, is that something that makes sense because they're in pittsburgh and then Maybe they're home for two games before. And I, I forget. Anyways, um, for those of you listening out there, um, yes, the current state of the team could lead you to believe that the in-arena atmosphere is dull, lacking. Not the case. Last few times we've been there, even though it's been some competitive losses, which, honestly, that's what I wanted out of this team this year. Just just be competitive. You know, if if we lost every single game this year by one goal, I think that'd be a phenomenal year, just a phenomenal year, given the way the team's current makeup. I just think that'd be phenomenal. But even even when the team has kind of done some stinkers, the crowd has always has has consistently gotten better. And that's I don't know. There's for an arena that was um, that is currently in its kind of own class right now in terms of its construction and layout. Um, recently, uh, Mr. Jeff Hancock had uh, come to town, and I was able to secure some tickets for him. And I was telling them, and, and and I will say this to everybody else too: if you're planning a trip to come here, I would almost more recommend 
make sure you're here so that you can go to two home games in one trip because the first game you're just going to be trying to figure out where you are what's in the building where to do what to where to go what to just it's overwhelming and then it's that second game that you're really actually able to just kind of sit and watch and and i think a lot of people are finally getting around to doing that second or third visit to the arena where they can just watch the game and they're starting to you know, embrace the team a little bit more, um, and 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 that. So uh, I I don't, Pete. I guess maybe I can at a later date record on my phone, and then you could drop this and audio drop in a future episode or something. But um, yeah, I think that there's there there's that's the one positive thing that I've seen that I that actually gives me more hope because you know as as much as the team can stink. If they're if they're still able to get people out of their seats to cheer on them when they can get stuff right or when they're when they're putting the effort in, I, I think that's I think that's something that we can all mostly agree on right now. I don't really think anybody's not putting in an effort per se. Like they can they can stink. Like you can just not be good at something. But like if you're just putting in the effort to just try and get better at it, or if you're given that opportunity and you kind of stumble a bit, but then you go back out there and try a little bit better, that's obviously greater than doing anything that Jonathan Erickson's done in the last six years. So I'm I'm emboldened and and uh uh what's what's another pete you can you can do an audio drop of just another (laughs) buzzword right there i don't know but i just i feel really good about the way that the lca is starting to sound because it's starting to sound like a home barn and you know this team isn't very good right now so if it's starting to sound like a home barn when we're not being very competitive or being very noticeable to anybody I am I I am already getting chills about just how loud that place is going to be when not only when Steve Eisenman returns as GM but also <laughs> when they are actually amazing and competitive and awesome and you know actually making the playoffs consistently and and doing stuff so that 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 that's that was my ghost of good Christmas future not ghost of scratching <laughs> off the <laughs> the Scrooge headstone so there you go cool all right JJ what do you got all right, Jay, I'll give you the word uh, mollified. Mollified, yes. Okay, I'm writing good, it down. Good word doesn't doesn't get used often enough. Okay, um, and I'll I'll kind of uh, build off of of your point. It's it's not just in the arena. Like the the Red Wings are more fun to watch this season, but uh, the Red Wings fans online have been a lot better this this year too. In terms of like because I'll tell you, running the the Wim Twitter account every time. In, in previous seasons, things would go bad and like just the, the wave of emotion as, as people, because every individual person is venting their own feelings. So it can get hard sometimes to remember that everybody is special and unique and they're all, their feelings are, are special and unique to them and super important to them. And then when you get 30 of them all sharing the same shit, at the same account, it can get, get kind of drag on you. Uh, especially when a lot of them are complaining about like you being happy that the Red Wings scored or won a game. There's been significantly less of that this season, a lot more go with the flow attitude, a lot more. Um, I, although it, it is possible that I've just literally muted everybody who's, <laughs> who's been guilty of, of bringing me down in the, in the past. So that, that may be it too, but no, I, I think that the, the general feeling among the Red Wings fan base is, is coming 
up and and happy and it, it, it is a lot more fun not only to watch the team but also to to be a part of of red wings fandom uh the online presence like i haven't gotten to a game this season i, I had to get to a couple of games previously i've been to the lca and i i do agree like the first the first time you're there it is very much uh like i i'm not used to this experience and the second time it's it's super comfortable and the crowd has come through on on the broadcast a lot um with uh man it, it sounds like they're having fun in that arena too so yeah i'm i'm really enjoying that out of out of red wings fandom this year yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm very excited to uh, to get to go see a game. Um, I, I don't know exactly when, but hopefully, hopefully in the relatively near future. Uh, all right, so um, we are going to wrap up this episode with our our last segment. This is reader questions, and it's going to be a little shorter than usual. Um, it's uh, we are recording this the day after Christmas on Boxing Day, um, and. Uh, People are, are probably, you know, still celebrating with their family. Um, but, yeah, so so we don't have a lot of questions, but we do have some good ones. Uh, so, as always, I will turn it over to JJ to take this part of the show. Yeah, we got the Joe Hicketts of mailbags. It's uh, <laughs> it's short, but but packs a punch. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, starting off, we got uh, Mike Lawn, who asks, what is your Red Wings New Year's resolution? Personally, I'm hereby going to run five miles every time the Red Wings lose in regulation. Either I'm happy or in great shape. Uh, And then in parentheses, I'd rather be happy. And then uh, he says, Happy New Year's in uh, both uh, English and Swedish. I'm not going to uh, disrespect the Swedish language by trying to pronounce exactly how you say that. So you can just go to the the website and, and read it for yourself but uh the actual question itself your red wings new year's resolution i will throw it to jay first my red wings new year's resolution um i think i don't know i i i was i was thinking about this earlier today and um the one thing i'd like to do a a, a better job of with this team is to um stop holding them to 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 uh um to the past <laughs> i think i think with this current team um it's it's unfair to uh have 2008 2002 or any of the other fantastic years as some sort of always like why can't you be more like them you know kind of like the way the father does to that like, why can't you be more like your older brother he's he's got his shit together and, and he did things and you you're just you're just coasting by on on the coattails. You're not even earning your keep around here. But um, if there's anything that these um, both uh, uh, hockey and and political climates have taught me, it's that uh, people fighting are, are fighting battles that you don't have any idea about, and it's best to have empathy. So my New Year's resolution with the Red Wings is to uh, let them be themselves. I'm not. I don't, I don't want them to be 2008. I don't want them to be even 2006 when they were setting uh, ridiculous records uh, for the post salary cap era, uh, I want them to just be the Red Wings. So I'm going to give them that chance. I'm, I, I mean, I could to still criticize the things that I love. That's still something we all get to like to remind everybody of, <laughs> but um, I, I think I'm just going to unshackle myself from this weird um, fascination with trying to make them, 
be better according to past teams and just let them let them find their own way. Is that too deep? I think I went too No, deep. I, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically like I'm not I don't want to be as mad anymore. So like maybe that's maybe that's just the simplest version of what I said. <laughs> I like that. What do you got, Pete? Yeah, I mean I I, I honestly think I might have said something similar last year to to what I'm about to say, but that's okay. Um, because I mean, like the whole point of New Year's resolutions is that like you you you, you don't do them, right? So um, <laughs> it would it would make perfect sense if I had the same one as last year. So um, it definitely hasn't happened nearly as much as it did last year. Um, but you know, there's there's been games where I have basically just mentally checked out because just either the team is just just getting so outplayed and like there doesn't seem to be anything anything to find you know joy in um and you know it's sometimes it could be hard to you know to maintain the same level of uh you know observing as as you, as you probably should so i think i think that that's that's the the biggest one for me is to to try to find a way to make that not happen and i know one thing that's been that's been helpful in the past has been to uh focus on you know either just one player or focus on maybe a couple players and just try to just try to watch them and see see what's going on there so maybe i can get a little bit of analysis in or something like that um but yeah like i said it, it's not as bad as last year last year there was definitely like the the end of the season was really hard to get excited about watching a game. Um, definitely been a lot better this year, but yeah, there, there's there's definitely been some games where I think I've just mentally checked out, and I don't want to do that. So um, I'm going to make an effort to not do that. Excellent. Yeah, mine is kind of a of a Frankenstein of, of both of yours, and it's kind of a continuation of of previous resolutions of, um, you know. It, kind of uh, what what Pete said in terms of I'm going to keep finding the fun in watching the Red Wings like it I had come to the realization that there were times where it was just a drag to watch the team like they were just not a fun team to watch and it was it felt like work watching them and I like I either have to stop watching them or I have to change the way I'm watching them and I, I think I've done a pretty good job of, of every game, even if they're playing like ass, um, there are ways that I'm finding to enjoy it. And also like, like Joe said, in terms of like not being as mad. Yeah. I'm, I, I've resolved and I'm basically re-upping that resolution uh, to not let the Red Wings ruin my mood for more than an hour after a game is over. Um, there were times where like those two kind of concepts played into one another, like, you know, in the, in an effort to not let the Red Wings ruin my mood for too long after a, a really bad performance, um, I would, uh, do, I would check out. Like, I just, I don't, I just don't care about the Red Wings and that wasn't fun either. So I'm going to really embrace that hour of anger when I get it mm-hmm. and then I'm just going to let it go. Um, you know, it, it's all about finding that balance. So I, I do really love the, the running five miles every time they, they lose in regulation, but I also, I don't want to like, uh, lose out on getting runs in if the Red Wings play too well, because then it's like, Oh, it's the Red Wings fault. I got fat. Uh, 
<laughs> I just, I can't do I can't handle that. So maybe I'll just uh, every time I end up running any kind of distance, I'll be like, ah, I'm banking for future losses. And <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah, I could I could do that. There you go. Smart, smart. All right, so moving on, uh, Datsu for Prime Overlord has question number two. And this one is uh, tough, a, a little tricky. What is your favorite Christmas present you've ever gotten? And I feel like we may need to split this into childhood versus adulthood because I don't think that it's possible to have a, a favorite present in adulthood that can come close to, like, the the one present that you can remember that like sets your expectations for all Christmases going forward. Like there's no way to recapture that childhood joy as an adult. So if you want to split it to childhood and, and adulthood, you can, if you just got one that you can think of, uh, go ahead. I'm, I'm not your supervisor. Uh, <laughs> and in this one, I'll, I'll throw it Pete first. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of an adult one and, and like, like it sounds bad when I say this, but like, I can't think of any like adult Christmas present that was just like over the top, unbelievable. Um, obviously I've, you know, there's been a lot of really good ones, uh, but there's not one in particular that sticks out. So I'm just going to go with, with a kid one. Um, and uh, my, my memory for time is, is very poor. Um, but when I was relatively young, I was a, a big fan of the the, uh, the the cartoon television program He-Man, um, Masters of the Universe. And one year I got a, um, a uh, toy Castle Grayskull. Um, and I, I, I remember that it had a, a working trap door, uh, which at the time was the coolest thing ever. Um, and I just remember running downstairs and you know i was still it's still young enough that it was like you know you know you wait up all night and then you, you finally fall asleep and then you get up and you sprint downstairs and start tearing things open um and i, I just remember opening that and just just loving it so for me that's that's kind of an easy choice i, I think that one definitely sticks out for me right on jay Trapdoor Castle Grayskull. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty big. That's pretty that's a pretty big deal. Did it come with fi- did it come with figures or like did you already have those? I, th- like I think I already figures? had them. Okay, so that's smart. Yeah. yeah Cuz that that's a good that's a, probably a smart parenting strategy, right? <laughs> like you kind of just like kind of a build up where it's like, yeah. "Wow, you have all these figures. Where are you going to put them? What are you going to do with them?" Look under the tree, son. There it is. Yeah. The House of Pain, Castle Grayskull. Um Okay, well, I'm going to take advantage of the adult and the uh, children uh, stipulation that JJ has put forth. So, um, as a child, um, my favorite gift was, and and at the time, this was when I really started to get into uh, the movie itself. Um, So, this was about, oh gosh, 90... Five, 90... It was between 95 and the year 2000, but... um, uh, I was living in Chicago until Christmas 97, so the way that my family makeup was, since my both of my parents' families were in Michigan, um, s- s- winter break would let out, and then we would just drive here and just stay with my grandma for all of the Christmas festivities. So um, it was strange because in terms of present payout, at that time it was got most of 
our stuff at my dad's side and then just kind of like, you know, decently good stuff on my mom's side. But since that format has been completely blown up because <laughs> I, I have a wife now, <laughs> my brother has a house now. There's just everything is it's, it's just a mess. But when things were simpler, uh, I went down to uh, my uh, uh, grandma's living room and uh, I opened up. And at the time, because it was the pinnacle of gaming for myself, because everybody else was playing Nintendo, I was playing Sega, my parents actually got me the Ghostbusters Sega Genesis game. Now, I don't know if anybody remembers this. Spoiler alert, that's a joke. Everybody remembers this. <laughs> Early video games were ruthless. <laughs> they're, uh-huh. they're like, yeah. they're, they only had two speeds. Breathtakingly easy or or life threatening hard. <laughs> and I remember like I remember renting the Batman Forever game multiple times just trying to beat the first epping level <laughs> and I could never do it and then I remember watching this was a couple years ago because the beauty of the internet is that people will now just record themselves playing these old games that there was this just this you had to stand in a certain spot and do a certain button communication uh, button combination to to shoot the bat, the bat rope up to move on to the next level. There's no context clues. <laughs> There's nothing in the book. The the game was just shoving life down your throat. You're like, listen, whatever you have to figure it out, man. It's like, no, I don't have to figure this out. I'm 12. You're <laughs> supposed to make this easy. Um, but the Ghostbusters game was great because it's it's disgusting because it's like, it's almost like it, it's this cartoon level thing because you're basically playing like imagine like Pidgey level like miniature versions of Egon Ray and Bill and 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 Venkman strangely enough no Zedmore which it's 2018 folks let's let's get Winston in these games now huh um but the, the 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 graphics made all of the ghosts look gnarly like they were actually scary like i was scared to play the damn game there's a point in the game where you actually have to fight a shadow version of yourself so there's a shadow green bankman that you have to fight and that's weird and odd and off-putting so so that was really cool um the 8-bit version of the ghostbusters song is just as good as the ray parker jr version just in case anybody was wondering um and then I will say, and I'm glad you asked this question at this particular moment, because this year I received my favorite adult gift. Um, and everybody's going to laugh at this. But the reason I say it's adult gift, because it means I'm an adult now. Do you know why? Why? Because my wife gave me the complete Columbo. I have never been, <laughs> I have, I have never been more excited about anything <laughs> In my life as a now adult present recipient, that is the that is my that was that's my that is my Ready Player One extra life coin that I didn't know I needed. It's it's nice, and what's nice is it's DVD, which means it's going to look like crap, yeah. just as it was originally broadcast. I'm so excited about this yeah. because first of all, I've been perfecting my Columbo uh, impression because I watch Maurice Lamarche. For those of you in the know, Maurice LaMarche does the voice of uh, Brain, of Pinky and the Brain. Also does Morbo on Futurama. He's an amazing guy, but his Columbo is amazing, and it kills me every time. So I'm really excited about this because this not only sates my old person itch, 
not to be confused with all the other old person itches that you get over your life. It's different for everybody, kids. It'll happen to me. It's happened to me, and it'll happen to you. <laughs> Just like Grandpa Simpson. I used to be with it, but then they changed what it was. Now whatever it is scares and terrifies me. It happened to me. It'll happen to you. So, uh, but uh, I now am excited that I get to figure out the correct way of, of re- reenacting Columbo, nice. which coming soon... I'm going to be drawing, and this is all my wife's idea. We we watched like the first six episodes of Columbo, and we came up with this great idea. It's a comic strip about Columbo doing his, oh, uh, one more thing. But it's in the most awkward and unexpected places that he does it. So like like he le- like he's like he finishes his questioning and the, the perp closes the door like phew I finally beat him like goes in their room and like goes to like open their drawer to like put on some pajamas and Columbo is inside of the drawer <laughs> smoking a cigar he's like oh uh one more thing <laughs> so like he's in a suitcase he's in a blender he's in a cupboard just I just we're we're just currently brainstorming all the places that Columbo is going to pop out so cool. that's all I got yeah. that's that's it I <laughs> all, all, I'm, I'm gonna I'm literally going to put on Columbo after we're done recording this. I'm so excited. <laughs> and watching in the uh, terrible DVD up formatting, uh, by the end of watching the series, you will actually look just like Peter Falk did. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be oh, perfect. It's true. All, this, is, all the squinting. And all. Yeah. Great. Um, my, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and date myself and say that my favorite childhood gift was the, uh, the original NES system, uh, package with, uh, Super Mario Brothers slash Duck Hunt. Yep. That, that was so, uh, perfect because my parents had spent the entire year saying, you are never getting a Nintendo. You don't need a Nintendo. Shut up about Nintendo. And then <laughs> that's what we got. And it was just, the, the, that was basically the... The year that I you know, remember, it was magic is real. Uh, we got the Nintendo. And then as an adult, uh, my sister surprised me with Winter Classic 2009 tickets and a trip to Chicago for that game. And it was like it was such a big because that uh, since then, our, our family hasn't really like done well with keeping secrets and, and surprises. So they went through a lot of work to keep me from not only spoiling it by buying myself tickets, um, but to, to keep the secret away from me. So when I opened that up, like it was like, it really took me aback. Like I was not expecting it and it was such a great present and then such a fun experience. Um, especially sitting in front of the guys who like, they were like super mad at Brett Lebda for being basically from Chicago and not playing for the, <laughs> and then he scored a goal against them. And that was, I, I almost wanted to turn around and like, ah, what now fuckers. Um, but I, I had already used up my shouting at, at strangers uh, earlier in the day when Gary Bettman came within 30 yards of me and I shouted, you suck at him. And he looked straight at me. <laughs> oh, oh no. And it was great. Because he, oh, like, perfect. Oh, yeah. God. Like I thought like he was going to like try to have me thrown out or something just because that was, like, but yeah, it was just one of those like, ouch, that kind of hurt looks. And it was like, ah, gotcha. Yeah. So you can feel things. <laughs> it, it kept me warm on that cold Chicago day. Plus the Red Wings <laughs> tore the Blackhawks a new one in the game. So that was fun as well. 
JJ, you reminded me of my favorite thing because I was also at that game. And my favorite part of that game was at the beginning when they had everybody hold up their placards to do the big like everybody was holding it to to show like the helicopter like you know with the winter classic Blackhawks versus Red Wings and so I was on I was um uh third baseline like in the corner tiny bit of an obstructed view with one of the stanchions and um it was really funny because so in the upper deck said Red Wings versus and then the lower bowl was Blackhawks and I guess the upper deck was heavily Blackhawk fans because they all because f- they all figured out that they were holding up Red Wings. They weren't holding up Blackhawks. And just I just remember the, the announcer guys like, all right, everybody, hold up your placards for NBC as we have a special message for all those viewing at home. So they flip it over once to say it's the Winter Classic on NBC. And then they say, all right, now flip to the other side. And they flip the other one. There's this like casual delay of people like, wait a minute, what? And then the. The, just this resounding booze started happening and then the rain the rain of all the torn up placards from the upper deck to the lower deck it was already snowing but now it was snowing ripped to shreds mass produced cardboard cutouts because <laughs> everybody was so pissed that they were even just holding up something that as a whole represents anything red wings forced them to throw it to they had to throw it away they had to get away get it away from them so that was that. Oh man, that's an image that'll stick with me for forever and ever and ever. That was great. They are yeah. such babies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to sorry to bore you. No, I'm just. Not, I'm just no, I'm just. That, I'm, I'm that is the I'm end of that segment. So I'll go ahead and. <laughs> oh my god no i know like like uh, all kidding aside i i'm just i i'm exhausted i had nothing to do with you so uh <laughs> all right so um we're gonna wrap this up with uh by gazing into our crystal ball and trying to figure out or predict what is going to happen for the red wings coming up um so let's see if we look at the next two weeks we have um, and, and Jay, just as a heads up, uh, so basically I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the next few games, uh, sure. and, and I'm gonna ask you what are your predictions for the number of points that the Red Wings are gonna earn in the standing. So you don't have to go, you know, game okay. by. I mean, you could, but you don't have to go game by sure. game. So, um, okay. All right. So uh, we have on the 27th, we have at Pittsburgh. Then we have on Saturday at Dallas. We are home against Florida, and then we go into January, and we have home against Calgary, home against Nashville, home against Washington, and home against Montreal. All right, so that's four, uh, five, six, seven, seven games in the next two weeks. Um, so, JJ, what do you, wh- what's your prediction for the number of points that the Red Wings are going to earn? So that's 14 possible points. I'm going to take yep. the mathematically easy one and just say they're going to earn seven. Um but I will go out on a limb, and I will say I will guarantee that two of those happen uh, this Saturday in Dallas. Okay, cool. Ooh. What are you thinking, Jay? Well, um, I actually am glad that uh, we were talking about this because as I was gazing over the schedule as well, I did notice, and I don't know if this is something you guys have already talked about this season, but did you know that uh, some of those games are actually on an ESPN channel? Yes. Thursday's game will be on ESPN Plus. This is news to me. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. So that means they'll be on a mostly national audience, which means their odds of points 
severely drops. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so of the so one, uh, let's see, one. Let's, let's go to January real quick. One. Um, okay, so. Uh, of those seven games, one of those is on ESPN Plus, which is the Thursday game against Penguins. So I think we're going to totally lose that game, which means I think our maximum point, because after that, we are in Dallas, and then we're home the rest of the way for those games. So um, good crowds. I'm gonna I'm gonna be positive, and I'm gonna say they're gonna get they're gonna get eight points. Eight points. They're gonna get eight points. All right. Um, well, I'm gonna be a little less, a little more negative and say five total points. Five total as always, I hope I'm wrong. Um, well, <laughs> as always, when I when I predict a, a lower number of points. All right, so um, yeah, so so thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, we hope that you enjoy, um, in, you know, enjoyed Christmas if you celebrate. Um, if not, we hope that you enjoy your holiday season. Um, and tonight, as you listen to this, uh, we are playing the we're playing the Penguins. So. Um, Obviously, Jay pointed out a reason that there might be uh, a little a little cause for alarm in terms of uh, winning this game, but we'll have to see. Uh, so thanks again for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoy, uh, like I said, enjoy the rest of your holiday season, New Year's and all that. And we will be back at you soon. 